today we're talking about habits, and uh, we're going to talk about the habits that we have in our life that are good, and the habits that we have in our life that are not so good, and we're going to try to initiate some new habits together. Um, it's good to see you guys. I tell you, it's really weird how much uh, I am, I realize how weird I am that I love community. Like I love, this is my favorite time all the time, just being together. And so I get really overexcited that everyone to see everyone. And I, I wish that we all like had bunk beds here and we could just live here together <laughs> all the time. I'm weird, I know, but I'd love to, I'd love to see some of your, some of your faces, some of your faces, not all of you. There's a few that we can ship out. We would, you know, but what are you going to do? Everyone's got to, no, I'm just kidding. Um, Hey guys, thanks for uh, coming. Uh, missed you guys last week, and um, today we're gonna talk about habits. And um, we all have many habits: some good, some bad, some uh, some just weird habits. You know, I, I, my my dad, uh, whenever he eats, he has this weird habit that he does, where he'll take a bite of food and then instantly take a drink at the same time. I can't do it. I can't. I can't eat with him. I tell him every time, like that, I gotta go to the other room. I can't. Uh, I can't watch you chew and drink in the same bite. It's hard for me. It's a habit. We all got some weird habits, uh, and some don't have them. Uh, but anyways, um, I was thinking about habits. Every every team in sports starts off the year thinking about one goal, and that goal is championship. Now, what happens, the difference between the, the, the 32 teams or the 64 teams that all have a goal is some of them have bad habits and some of them have developed through discipline great habits. Last night I was watching the Steeler, uh, the Giants. No, the Giants are out of the playoffs because they're terrible. I was watching the Cowboys game and I don't know about anyone else, but I hate the Cowboys. Can I get an Amen. Okay, and so uh, the Cowboys were playing last night, and the Seahawks won because of a lack of discipline by one player who has a routinely problem, and he gave them 15 yards on a crucial first down that ended up winning the game for the Cowboys, all because of a lack of discipline. It was a bad habit that the dude had. Many people have, have, have set out in goals. When you start off to get married, you, you start off with the idea that the end goal will be everlasting love. Always love. And it's habits that happen in that marriage that will decide what the overlasting impact is. Some habits grow, some habits die, and hopefully the habits that we have drive ourselves to each other. Well, we could change habits if we want to. I was thinking about other habits. You know, there's habits that youth have where they decide, hey, look, I'm going to have great dreams. When I go to my graduation, then we think about, you know, I'm going to do great things. I'm going to be a CEO. I'm going to make money. I'm going to do travel. And all of a sudden, habits happen and or habits don't happen. And, uh, and what I realize is it's, it's an everyday small thing that makes up who we are in the end. Successful people do these things consistently, while others do them occasionally. Habits. What do your habits look like? Do you have occasional habits or consistent habits? Because I do think in order to be successful in anything that you have great desire for, there's, you're going to need the ability to be consistent if you want, whatever you feed will grow and whatever you starve will die. You need consistency in your life in the areas that matter the most to you. So what are you after? What are you pursuing? And what do you pursue diligently? 
We talked a couple months ago, this is one of the values or thoughts of our church that we really love. We give up things we love for things we love more. We give up things we love for things we love more. And this happens with everything. When we love our family, we'll give up work, money, friends to be with family. But if we love work, we will give up family to pursue money and the praise of man and the desire to be great. Discipline is important in our lives. And small disciplines create huge results when they happen over time. What is it that you're after? What is it that you desire? What is it that you're willing to create consistent disciplines for? Today we're talking about habits. And uh, what I realized is that small disciplines create big results. The apostle Paul wrote in the scripture, he had some, some negative uh, habits in his life. And uh, I don't know about you, uh, but there are some that if you realize, like we all have habits, we all have, some of us don't realize, but uh, it's little habits, like, like you don't wake up one day and just have a high cholesterol. It starts way back somewhere else where we couldn't say no to the double stuffed Oreo cookie. You know what I'm talking about? Like it just looked at us and we wanted it and we said yes and we said yes and we said yes and we said yes. And the more we say yes is the more we grow. Small disciplines have big results. And sometimes those big results are a phone call to a paramedic. But it didn't just happen overnight. You don't call the counselor overnight and say, hey look, Marriage is in a problem. No, it was small disciplines that got us there. Some of these things are negative and some of them are great. You know, I think a lot of us look at CEOs and we say, man, like, uh, that's who I want to be. I want, how did that guy get there? He got there by having small disciplines in his life. Little things that he was really good at. I love Dave Ramsey's teachings about finances when he says that uh, we, we, we live like no one else now so we can live like no one else Later, And what he's talking about is that I say no to things I desire today so that I can build a future for myself, whereas most of the people in our culture are living for today and won't have a tomorrow. And, uh, and so it, what I'm realizing is that people have learned how to have disciplines in their life with many different desires. What is it that you're desiring in your life? The Apostle Paul, who is one of the, I mean, he was our apostle. He wrote one third of the New Testament. He penned a letter and a problem that he had in his own life in Romans chapter seven. I want you to understand that you're not the only one that has had a desire that you've had a hard time achieving consistently. Listen to what the, our apostle said. He says, I do not understand what I do. For what I wanna do, I do not do. But what I hate to do, I do. I don't like, the do-do that I do, you know what I mean? That's what he's saying. He's saying, I, I am really having a hard time because I want to do this consistently, but I struggle. Has anyone else ever had a desire like, hey, this year I'm gonna be different. I'm, this year I'm, I'm setting off, and this year I'm gonna... Small disciplines create big results. The apostle Paul was having a problem, and in verse 18 he says, for I know that the good itself does not dwell in me. Uh-oh. That is in my sinful nature. For I have a, the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. You ever been there? 
You know, sometimes it's hard as a man. Uh, we have to control our eyes, what we look at, guys, right? And we're like, hey, look, I'm never gonna look at another woman. And we see, oh, we, we, have, to, we have to grab it, man. You have to grab it quick. Because if you don't, small disciplines create big results. And so what happens is, is you don't end up having an affair overnight. It started way back when you didn't take control of your thoughts when you saw something you weren't supposed to see. And it can create massive destruction in our habits. But if we reel them in when they're small, it's easier. And so the Apostle Paul's talking about, man, I have this problem. I keep doing what I don't want to do, and I, I'm not doing what I want to do. And I, I mean, what, how am I going to solve this? And then he, he, he pens this in verse 24. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from the body that is subject to death? Thanks be to God who delivers me through Jesus Christ our Lord. Let me say it again. Thanks be to God who delivers me. Man, I don't know about anyone else here, but some radical things happened in my life one day. It started one day and it started small, but I realized that I was living in a dark place and I didn't like who I was and I didn't like the decisions I was making. And one day, Christ came, knocked on my door, I opened my heart, and he showed me how to make different decisions every day. I went back home just two weeks ago, you guys, after the Christmas Eve service. And it's so crazy. I, I'm gonna brag about myself for a second. I am such a different person now. I was so selfish. I hurt so many people trying to, to be important and get money and do great things. Like, I hurt people I loved. I stole from people I loved. I lied to people I loved. I was prideful. I was arrogant. I was rude. And I looked at some of the street corners that I used to be on, and I just think to myself, man, God, how did I get here? How I'm a, I'm a, I'm a pastor, and people come to my church. This is crazy. I have a house. I, I don't have debt. I have, like God has put me in a position in my life where I have obeyed him, I have obeyed him, I have obeyed him, I have obeyed him, I have obeyed him. Now there's been times where I didn't obey him. I don't want to play like I'm like, I've got this, this uh, you know, halo over my head. But I'm telling you what, like all of the times that I said yes to the Lord, he has put me in a position today where I am not the man that I was months ago. And I could say that for a lot of you, man. Like some of you have to give yourself a little bit more credit. You're not who you were. Thanks be to God. And I, for some of you that don't know the Lord, I just want you to know this. God has a plan for you and his plan for you is better than your plan for you. Like, I really just wanted to get rich right now. And some of the decisions that God said is like, hey, you're gonna have to trust me with your money. You're going to have to trust me with your career. You're going to have to trust me with your heart. There's some relationships that you have that aren't good for you. And we're going to separate some of those things, make better decisions, put more healthy people in your life. And all of a sudden now I'm looking back and I'm surrounded by people. I am loved. Like I walked around this building today and I loved some really rad people. I'm so grateful for where I am, the community that we have. And we have it together because of what God's done. Small discipline create big results. Change isn't easy, but it isn't impossible either. Change isn't easy, but it isn't impossible either. Listen to this. Your future self is the result of decisions you make each day. Your future self is the result of decisions you make each day. 
See how a few small habits can change how you see yourself today and can transform you into the person you want to be tomorrow. I think about this. I think about like people like Will Doyle, you know, and everything that God's done in his life. God, I'm so proud of what God's doing in your life, man. Don't let the enemy rob you of where God's taking you. I think about even just how healthy he is. Like some of us don't like where our body is right now. Small disciplines. He didn't wake up one day and was fit. You're not going to wake up tomorrow and have muscles. Let me just explain it to you. It's discipline. You've got to say no to a lot of things that you love so that way you can, because you love something more. If you love your body and your life, you'll watch what you eat because you want a future. You have to decide, do you love short-term or long-term joy? Delayed gratification. And there's work that goes into working out. You got to decide, I'm going to the gym. 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 And some of you are like, this year, I'm going to the gym. Small disciplines, huge results. See how a few small habits can change how you see yourself today and can transform you into the person you want to be tomorrow. And the reality is you also have a decision to make. You can stay where you are today. But no, it's like flossing. It's a small discipline with huge results. The results are saving you thousands of dollars. Or don't do it. And it's a matter of all of these little things that matter to us. What matters to us? What's going to pop up on our radar? What are we going to take care of most? And I, I think it's important in our lives that we circle what matters most. Bam. Because we will give up things we love for things we love more. If you love rest and being alone, you will turn off your family to watch television for five hours. And you will spend the greatest hours of your day watching Seinfeld getting nothing in return. And it's important because we give up things we love for things we love more. And if you love you, you will miss out on what you love more because we missed what we valued. Am I making sense? Last night, I got several text messages that came in, several prophecies and a couple miracles. Some of you are new and you gotta know I don't say this kind of stuff. Like, I haven't said this in several months. Several text messages came in. One of them, <clears throat> I, they didn't know it, but it was a prophetic word for today, and I'm gonna share it with you. Listen to this. All of us, we will have to feel and endure one of two pains in this life, either the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret. I wished I would have ate better, I wished I would have spent more time with people I loved. I wished I would have done better choices with my money. I wished I would have spent more time with the Lord. I wished I would have gave more. I wished I would have loved more. I wished I would have forgave more. I wished I would have let more people in my life. The pain of discipline or the pain of regret. Now, the pain of discipline doesn't come easy. It's not easy to forgive someone. It's not easy to trust again. It's not easy to save your money and say no to new shoes. It's not easy to know, not get your nails done. It's not easy, because I need it. I want it. I need it, I need it, I need it, I need it. But small disciplines create huge results. 
the pain of discipline or the pain of regret. And I'll tell you, there is pain in discipline. So it brings me to where we are with my sermon. I said all that to get me here. Is that cool? All right, here we go. The pain of discipline, the pain of regret. What I see as a pastor is hard because I see people that love God and suffer from spiritual insecurity all the time. I see people that want to love God and they're so discouraged with where they are that they never develop confidence in who they are in Christ. In a God that is absolutely blown away with him. Let me explain. I don't know, some of you have never had like a great father on earth and I did not either. But I wanna make sense, I wanna make sure you understand something. Our God is blown away by you. There's a, there's a scripture in Ecclesiastes and it says, um, you have ravished my heart, my sister, my bride. You have ravished my heart with one glance of your eye. And it's the Lord talking to his people. We are his bride. We are the church. And he's saying, you've, you've blown me away. This is the potter talking to the clay. This is like God talking to sheep gone astray. This is God talking to people that are unfaithful. Whether you realize it or not, he has created stars and galaxies and everything, but he's, you're the only one he gave a choice to love him. And when you look at him, he falls apart. And yet there's insecurity inside of us. And no father wants their children to not believe in themselves. It is the heart of every father to look at their kids and say, you are great. And so you have to choose whether or not you're gonna develop the strength to have spiritual strength. And today I'm gonna teach you how to do that as quickly as I can in 15 minutes. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Can we pray? Jesus, please help me. I love you. Amen. Okay. The first thing that our church does every year, this is a difficult thing for, for some people, and some people won't participate with me, and that's fine. But I'm going to challenge you to do something that I believe is very super biblical. It's called fasting. Fasting? It's not fun. Zero fun, sir. Let me explain it to you. Fasting is less of me, more of God. Fasting is I say no to what I desire so that I could say yes to what God desires. The, God lives inside of you. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In order for you to strengthen that which is in you, you have to feed him. You have to grow him. And this happens by you saying yes to him and no to you. What happens is, is you get stronger and stronger when your will says, God, I, I want you. And it builds a confidence when you can say, I did choose you. I did do this, and I did give this for you. What's important for me to make sure that you understand before I go any further in this sermon is that there is nothing you can do that can make you, God love you more. If you fast 21 days without eating a peanut, he will not love you more. However, you will love him more. See, in every relationship, we have a decision. With me and my beautiful bride, I have a choice to make. I have to daily choose. Now, she loves me, but she also loves me because we're gonna cultivate that love together. 
I'm going to choose her every day. And if I don't, I am not helping grow and develop the relationship. And this is where some of us struggle spiritually, is that we haven't learned to say, I choose you back, God. See, God is going to love you whether you do this or not. I don't need you to do this. I want to be clear. But I'm telling you that if you want to love the Lord more, small disciplines create huge results. I'm going to fly through scriptures because I don't have a lot of time. But in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus says this. When you fast, when you fast, Jesus said it assumptively. Not as if like, hey, I suggest you do it or like I hope that you do it or even asking if you do it. He was assuming talking to a people that do fast. We are the only country in the world that doesn't fast. And every doctor in the world will tell you that fasting is good for your body. It will cleanse you of all the yuck that you got in you. And we got some yuck. We are a micro wave generation. It's good to get some of the yuck out. Your body will not like you for it at first. It will love you after day four. But day three, not so good. Let me just, let me, rem- let me just tell you, if you ain't never got through day three. Now, um, Jesus would go on to say this, when you fast, don't be like the hypocrites. You don't have to tell everyone. Uh, they show their faces when they're fasting. I tell you the truth, they'll receive their reward in full. But when you fast, put oil on your heads, wash your face so that it won't be obvious to others that you're fasting, but only to your Father who is unseen. And your Father who sees you, who sees what is done in secret will reward you openly. Let me explain this to you. Some Christians love recognition. Oh man, I, I gave that guy 20 bucks. I was so generous. Listen, you missed it. If you're doing, if you're loving God for the praise of man, what Jesus says is you got your reward. Now, if you're loving God so that he sees you, he will reward you. I love it. I love it when, when, when my kids do something that no one else knows about. My daughter just yesterday, she begged me to stop for a homeless guy. Dad, can we please stop? Dad, can we please stop? Dad, can we please stop? No, Mia, we cannot stop. Dad, can we please stop? Ah, Mia! Love it. I love my daughter has a great heart and she's not going around telling everyone, hey guys, I yesterday stopped and talked to a homeless guy. And my father, her father will reward her for her heart. That's the way the kingdom works. Okay, let me keep going. Second thing you need to know about, about, about fasting is that, um, okay, Jesus and his disciples, man, I gotta go quick. Jesus had his disciples go pray for the sick. They were praying for multiple sick members in the scripture. And they weren't seeing the results on everyone. They're praying for people and some people are getting healed. This is what the Bible is saying. This isn't what I'm saying. The Bible says this. If you don't believe in healing, you're not reading the Bible. They're praying for people to get healed and it's not happening all the time. In fact, this guy brought this little kid to, to, to the disciples and the disciples couldn't heal him. And then the, they said they brought this little boy to Jesus and they said, Jesus, we can't heal this little boy. What's going on? And Jesus says that some things only happen with prayer and with So what I need to tell you is that sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where someone called you and said, hey, mom's sick. Dad's, grandma's not doing well. And so what some people do is be like, oh man, I don't know what to do. You're gonna feel helpless unless you learn to grow what's inside of you because you are a disciple and he's called you to pray for sick. He's called you to be strong and mighty. Like it's not your pastor's job to go and lay hands on everyone. You're the light of the world. You win too. You're the salt of the earth. You have responsibility to carry a torch and be strong with it. And if you cultivate what's inside of you, you will feel confident enough to be anointed in that moment. Does that make sense? 
It doesn't mean it's going to happen, but the more you turn your strength up, the stronger you get. There's none of us will go and lift 400 pounds today, but if you work at it and you work at it and you work at it, you'll get stronger and stronger and stronger. I've prayed for a lot of people and I've seen a lot of people healed. And I've seen a lot of people that didn't get healed. But you know what happened? I got better the more I did it. The more I did it, 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 the more I did it. It's like riding a bike. I sucked the first couple times. But eventually, I want to ride a bike. I feel like I can ride a bike. I feel like I'm supposed to ride a bike. And I'm going to keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it until I do it. Small disciplines create big results. Habits. Fasting will cultivate your love for God. I need to say this also. I'm going to go over time today. It's just what's going to happen. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm really excited. I missed you guys. I didn't preach last week. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. Here we go. Um, This is what you need to know about fasting. Fasting is going to disconnect you from the world and connect you to God. It's what it does. It's you saying, I don't want TV. I don't want food as much as I want this. It's like in your relationship when your marriage is bad and you have to decide, I really need to make this relationship better. I'm doing work, baby. I'm going to write a card. I'm coming home with flowers. I'm going to even say something nice today. Like you have to cultivate this. And if you want it, your relationship with God to grow, you're responsible for it also. You need to know there is nothing you can do that can make God love you more. But there are things that you can do that can help you love God more. It will build your confidence and make you stronger spiritually when you fast. Disconnects you from the world and connects you to God. Now I need to say this before, I, before we move on. What are we doing with this fast? Whatever you feel led to do. If God only asks you on the next 21 days to not eat Reese's peanut butter cups, Trust me, I know that's a sacrifice for the king, man. You can, if you, say no to a Reese's peanut butter cup is a difficult task, y'all. And so uh, you give up whatever the Lord tells you and you don't worry about what anyone else says. David was king of Israel and when God asked him to sacrifice, he said, I can't just sacrifice one sheep because that doesn't cost me anything. You give what costs you something to honor the sacrifice he gave you on the cross. If you've never fasted before, I do not suggest you to do seven day fast. I think you're going to hit your head. You're going to pass out somewhere. It's going to be quite ugly for you. Uh, but you can do different kinds of fasting. You can, do, you can eat once a, once a day. You can, you can decide, man, you can go all out for Jesus, and this week you can decide you're not going to go on social media. Listen, I don't care what anyone says. To some of you, that's a sacrifice. And I'll tell you right now that God will honor anything that you do to draw closer to him. Fasting is important, but make sure it costs you something. And if you do it, it will hurt. Just want to let you know, it's going to suck. In the Marines, they say, welcome to the suck, right? Uh, And so uh, number two, my second point today, first one is we're all going to fast together. 21 days, you're not going to tell anyone. You're going to make it about you and Jesus. And I promise this is going to be your prayer. Every time you see food, which you're going to see it a lot, people are going to bring you food tomorrow that you want. And it is going to be awful. No one ever buys you food. And all of a sudden, they're coming out with a tray of like German chocolate cheesecake. And it's like, wait a second. It's terrible. Anyways, here we go. We're going to fast, and we're going to fast together for 21 days. We're starting tomorrow. Next thing, prayer. Fasting without prayer is starving. Don't do it. 
The goal isn't to not eat. That's called dieting, y'all. Uh, and that's a, good, that's a good thing if that's the habit that God wants you to do. But I'm talking about ways for you to draw closer to the Lord that this would be the greatest spiritual year of your life. And I believe we want to start it off right. And I'm going to challenge you to fast it with me, but I need you to pray. Now, I know some people aren't good at prayer. I know some of you feel massively insecure about your prayer life. You don't know how to do it. You don't know what to say, and I'm going to help you. My beautiful bride, who's the most anointed girl in every room she walks into, she went ahead and studied some stuff and did some research and put it all in the app for you. So here's what I got. We got prayers. She's got scriptures and prayers for you. We've got prayers and prayers. There's like four different sets of prayers that you can do that you can just read through it or you can read through it and stop. Read through it and stop. Read through it and stop. And then there's scriptures and then it actually tells you what to pray. And it gives you an idea of what the scripture's saying and breaks it down for you. We put a lot of stuff in our app for you to help you cultivate your prayer life. But you've got to pray. Why? Because if you want to have a relationship with God, I want you to have a relationship with God. Your family wants you to have a relationship with God. And inside your heart of hearts, my heart is a wick. I want to let it burn for you. You want to love God too, but you can't do it if you don't talk to him. I promise. I love my bride. We don't do so good when we don't talk. You know what I'm talking about? It, it's important, this thing called communication, but small disciplines create huge results. You got to pray. Next week, we're going to talk more about prayer. It's going to be really wonderful. I said all that to get through here, and I hope that I can make this sense. I'm going to say it quickly, though. This is the most important thing. The Bible says that heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will never die. I know that we have a lot of possessions in our world. Many of us have iPhones and MacBook computers and sweet cars, and some people that go to our church even have boats. <laughs> I don't know how to get you, but as a disciple of Jesus, what I need for you to do is to make this the greatest thing in your life. That you would covet it, that you would desire it. I saw a picture the other day of a preacher who said, this is how we have to love God. Oh, God. And I thought, that looks so dumb. It's so right. What I mean by that is, God loved you so much that he wrote a letter to you. I don't know how much you would know about the Bible, but there are hundreds and thousands of people that were killed to get this book translated to English to where it is today people who gave their life and gave their families so that this book can be part of our lives. And, and the culture we live in has made this casual. And it is the greatest sin. There is no thing that is on earth that is more precious than the word of God because it's the way God will speak to you. I believe that God can speak to some of you audibly, even some of you in your spirit. He could speak through your pastor, but that's not the way. I mean, God really, the way he's gonna teach you, I promise. You ask anyone who's had longevity in Christ, this is how it happens. It starts with opening your Bible, and what he's gonna do is he's gonna say, hey, this is my plan for you. Hey, with your family, that situation that you're going through, how your, how your parents chewed you out the other day and you got all butthurt about it, this is what I want you to do. He's gonna talk to you, and it's gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is for me. 
This isn't like any other book in the Bible. Hebrews says, Hebrews 4.12 says that this, the word of God is living and active and powerful than any double-edged sword. I mean, it is alive. It is alive. It is alive. It is alive. Jesus said that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Here's what I know, that many of us are struggling with spiritual insecurity because of this. We will eat three times a day and seven days a week, and we have not eaten the word of God in months. You you are starving. And all I want to do is make this your habit this week. Make this your habit this week. You know when I look at, they hate it when I do this to them, and I'm sorry, but I'm going to do it to you again. You can be mad at me, but Alicia and, 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 and Gary, and, or, uh, uh, Paul, I'm sorry, and, and Cheryl, and, 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 and there's so many of the people in our church that, that, we, we've, that have gone on years and years and years that have studied the word, and when you look at them, you're like, man, they're so godly. He didn't get there overnight. It was small disciplines. They said, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, and we as the next generation have a responsibility to become so we can be an example to those that, are, that, are, that, are, that will be behind us. Yeah. I challenge you as your pastor to create small disciplines in your life. I know you got bad habits. I'm not worried about those. What I've learned in my life is the more I study the Lord, the less I, I, I struggle with the other crap in my life. I just look at one thing and I keep centering myself and all the other stuff fades away. All of it else will fade away. One discipline this week, the word of God. In the app, under Bible, we've got devotions you can do. You can read the New Testament with me this week. If you've never read the Bible, don't start in the Old Testament. Just don't, just don't do it. I don't care what anyone else said. Just don't do it, it's confusing. You gotta understand the love of Jesus and the grace of God first. We have multiple different things to help you this week get with us, but this is a new year. This is a new day. I'm closing. Rachel, come. This is a new year. This is a new day, and I think God wants to do something powerful in our church, and here's what I'm learning. This is going to sound hard to some people, but this is what I feel like God's going to say. Some of us, spiritually, have to get out of diapers, and we have to put our big boy pants on and grow ourselves. It's not your pastor's job to feed you, you have a Bible. You can read it. There is an app that will read it to you. If you got a long drive, turn on the Bible and let that dude talk for a while. You've got to decide what is more important to you because you will give up things you love for things you love more. And if you love music, you can get filled with music. Hey, you love the news? You can find out more hateful crap about all the politics that's going on, and it's all hateful. Hate, people hating, people hating, each side hating each other. It's crazy. It's dogma. It's stupid. It's not necessary. Love is what we need to be filled with. Hope, good news, yes. joy, yes. life, yes. healing, power, yes. like good stuff. Yes. But we will give up things we love for things we love more. I'm asking you for the next 21 days if you would join me. I challenge you as your pastor. I challenge you as your friend and your co-laborer in Christ. Let's go after Jesus. I don't know about you, but my heart is a wick. And your love, God, is a flame, and I want to burn for you. 
I want to love you, God. I want to love you. I want to love you. There is no one that loves me like you. There is no one that's rescued me like you. There's no one that's been faithful to me like you. There's no one that's been hopeful to me like you. There is no one that sticks by my side like you. No one. No one. Not my kids, not my wife, not my job. No one will love me like you, Lord. You are good. 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 Thank you. 